It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Final damage tonight at Rogers Place. Calgary Flames 5, Edmonton Oilers 1. And really a completely terrible performance by the Oilers. I almost feel we could just call it a night right there because that pretty much sums it up. But we will give you the details. Here are some of them. The Oilers allowed a goal early in each period. 11 seconds, a minute 8, and then 57 seconds. They allowed a shorthanded goal. They didn't check very well. They passed up a lot of shots. I'm surprised, quite frankly, they got 29 shots on goal. They allowed the Flames open chances. They turned over the puck a lot. And they didn't really show a lot of energy to come back in the game when they were down. And full credit to Calgary for the victory. They take round one of the Battle of Alberta. These two teams are going to be playing each other a lot. Uh, Three of the Oilers' next 11 games will be against against Calgary. And the Oilers have a lot of work to do. They are 4-10-1 in their last 15 games. They are 2-6-2 in their last 10 at Rogers Place. They are a decidedly better road team at this uh, point in the season. They're 20-17-4 on the season. When they started the year 7-1-1, one, one, one of the things we talked about, Rob, was it's a good start. You bank the points. Now don't give it back by having a really bad slump. Well, they've given it back. That's six games under 500 in the last 15 after being six over in the first nine. So, you know, it's still close in the Pacific Division, but they won't hang around in it long. If, uh, if this is how they're going to play. There's a lot, a lot of problems in their game tonight. There's been a lot of problems as of late in their game. And it's, it's one thing to be losing hockey games. It, it's another to be losing consistently the same way. They're falling behind early in games. They're following behind by multiple goals. Uh, and how many times now in the last number of home games have they lost by three or more goals? I mean, it's, it's not as though they're... They're, they're, they're losing in overtime. There's one goal game where they play well and they run into a tough goaltender. They are, are being outclassed in a lot of these games. Their top two lines have been on for a number of goals against. We were just talking upstairs. James Neal's up to minus 24 on the season. And I think Drysettle's now at minus 18 on the season. Connor McDavid is a, is a minus on the year as well. So... Your top two lines are, are, are struggling. Five on five. Uh, the goaltending that saved them in a number. They weren't a 7-1-1 one, one team to start the season. There's a couple of those games that the goaltending was exceptional. But they, they were playing better and they're getting the saves. They're not getting the saves now. They're not getting the breaks. Their, sh- their penalty killing that uh, was sensational to start the season is now just okay. Their power play that was scoring big goals at the right moments 
now has dried up. They're giving up shorthanded goals at the at the big moment. So it's not as though they are losing in games that it could have gone either way. They were losing games that they're not in right from the very beginning. Yeah, they're not losing because of one play. No. Or yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. This this was this was ugly right from the start. I mean, Calgary scores 11 seconds in on a uh, on a play that the Oilers should have had control of the puck in their own zone. Yeah. And, and where, you know, now to be fair, you don't see Nugent Hopkins make that poor play very often, nope. but but he did, and it threw everything else into into disarray. The, the Flames' second goal, I mean, Darnell Nurse gets pushed off the puck by by a smaller player. Uh, Monaghan's goal, probably the one that out of the four that Koskinen allowed, you, you think he should have stopped, but even then, as we talked about after the second period, Monaghan had a lot of time to shoot it. And it then, went from uh, a two-on-three to a wide-open shot. To a wide-open shot, and then uh, you know Lindholm walks in without being pressured and scores for the fourth goal, and then the fifth goal, they give up a shorthanded breakaway. So, I mean, Tippett was blunt this morning. The self-inflicted wounds have to go away. They, they, they have to go away. You know, he's, he said this might be a sloppy game, so don't give the game away. Well, I mean, I realize it was it was a, a wide margin in the end, but the Oilers, they certainly gave away a lot of chances. They did, and, and mental mistakes. Uh, let's just go look at the shorthanded goal. Uh, that should have been, at worst, a one-on-one with two back checkers. The puck comes out to the just outside the blue line, and Oscar Clefbaum leaves the middle of the ice and attacks the puck, the puck carrier. The puck carrier sees he's got a guy wide open, Backlund. He just waits for Clefbaum to come to him and then just lays the puck in an area. And all of a sudden, Backlund's got a breakaway. If Clefbaum stays in the middle, the puck comes out to, who was it that made the pass on that Frolik. one? Froelich. Froelich was standing still. He would have skated. Yes, it would have been a two versus three. Would have dumped the puck in. The others would have had a chance for a breakout coming back on the power play. Instead, a mental mistake right there where you can't force a play until you know that you got a back checker. So plays like that happen all night long. And, but the bottom line, you're not going to be a playoff hockey club playing five on five the way the Oilers have played as of late. They are a team, when you look at their plus minus, they are almost all minuses on their team. And we're talking minuses that are into the double digits. Eventually teams, have, and they figured out as of late, don't take penalties. Keep the Oilers off the power play, and you will have success because they can't beat you five on five. And tonight was a great example. Calgary Flames played a very smart road hockey game. And we were all thinking there was going to be, you know, it's going to be a big physical game. There's going to be pushing and shove it after whistles. Teams don't want to do that against the others because they know that some of those times the refs are going to give them the, the extra two, and that's how you get beat. They just stayed completely out of that. They were tenacious on the forecheck without being overly aggressive, and because of that, they played the game majority, five on five, and right now that doesn't help the Oilers. 5-1, dominant victory by the Flames tonight. They go to 20-15-5. The Oilers are 20-17-4. So Calgary moves a point ahead of Edmonton in the Pacific, and they also have a game in hand. Vancouver two points behind the Oilers and Vancouver has three games in hand. So if you look at the points percentage, the Oilers would actually be behind Vancouver as well. So they're, they're definitely in a tough spot. There's not, um, I, I mean, it's the halfway point of the season. So I'd be foolish to say that there isn't time to turn it around. But we know what happens if one point out of the playoffs becomes three, becomes five, becomes six. So I, I mean, I think this. 
this is a critical stretch here. They, they play the Rangers, who aren't great. They have a five-game. Well, yeah. Saying that, the Rangers are almost even with. Well, the true. Well, true. So, so they're, they're, right now the teams are all. There's there's a couple teams that are elite. There's a couple teams at the bottom that are out of it. But Anaheim tonight, last I saw, we're up three-one on the 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 Vegas Golden Knights. So, uh, the, there's no game that right now you could go into saying the Oilers should win this hockey game. Honestly, there isn't a single oh, game. Oh, true. Um, but you, as you said, the, right now what's going to be scary if you're an Oilers fan. The Oilers only have, what, eight games now in the next 26 days or whatever it is. All the other teams are playing. So that means teams are gaining points or have the opportunity to gain points. So the Oilers, without even playing, just sitting here, are going to be falling down in the standings. And they will, no matter what, because not every team in the Western Conference is going to lose every single game. So the Oilers are going to start falling further and further down. So when they do ha- play, those games become vitally important because if they don't pick two points up against the Rangers, they're going to go eight days without any points. Right. Well, actually, it's going to be more than that because they lost their last couple too. So yeah. it's going to be two weeks without any points. Just think of the number of teams they're going to gain yeah. or pass them in the standings. Well, and that's, that's the thing. When they, when they had that cushion at the beginning of the season and they're ahead of most teams, it was always relieving because somebody lost. Yes. Well, that team got two points closer, but this team yeah. stayed behind. And now you look at it and be like, well, somebody's always going to win. So you're focusing on the two points that the teams are getting as opposed to ones that they're not getting. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 very poor right now. Like I said, just four wins in their last 15 games. 5-1 Calgary wins it tonight. I, I know, you know, Bob suggested maybe someone like Yamamoto could get a call-up. I don't expect something like that to make a massive difference, whether it's it's Yamamoto or somebody. I mean, certainly they're at the point where they, they might be looking to try something to inject a little bit of life into the top six, but I, I don't view this as, and, and you know, we get asked all the time about, you know, usually Benson or Yamamoto, but some other guys on the farm as well. I, I this is this is not a slump that is going to be corrected by a farm call up. No, or, or even not. or probably not even a minor trade. I, I think this is corrected by fixing the mental mistakes and this bunch of players finding the confidence and the belief, and that's a word you use a lot, that we we did this we did a lot of things well for 20 to 25 games. We need to start believing we're that team and not the team that's handing chances on a platter to the opposition. Well, yeah, I agree. I, I Bob brought it up afterwards about Yamamoto. Yamamoto may make the second line a little bit better. It may not. But he's not... If you're counting on a Yamamoto to come up here and change the way this team is yeah, playing... Yeah, he's not going to score 15 no. goals in the second half of the season. No. Uh, there's so many things right now that are going wrong, but to me, it, it's five on five... A, they're not scoring five on five, and B, they're bleeding great scoring chances against. And uh, tonight, the Calgary Flames didn't get a lot of the... They weren't greasy goals they were scoring. They were wide-open looks. They were guys standing by themselves with time and space to put the puck in the net. Uh, A greasy goal, sometimes the puck bounces in off a shin pad or goes in off a skate. You're like, you know what? He got a good break. That's puck luck. the Oilers didn't get the puck luck the Flames did, but tonight that wasn't it. The, the goals that the, the Flames scored, they were because the Oilers missed assignments, uh, turned the puck over, uh, weren't in the right position. So it, it's not as though the, it was just bad puck luck. This was a game where the Calgary Flames were better, and the Edmonton Oilers allowed them to be better. 5-1, Calgary is the final. Let's go down to the Hall of Fame room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. 
Obviously not the result you were looking for. Did what was most concerning to you about your group? Ten seconds in, we were behind. Start like that, you're starting, you're climbing a hill to start with. Actually, it disturbed, it bothered me this morning. We we didn't prepare the right way this morning. Morning skate was, uh, we looked like we were still walking out on vacation and uh, was concerned this morning, and the game started just like that. So when you send something like that, is it something, do you say something to the group? Is there yeah, we, we addressed it. At, we addressed it in practice to make sure we're trying to be ready, but obviously it wasn't enough. So, so you, just to kind of follow up on that, I mean, is that concerning? Just, we didn't come with the mindset. We're off three days for Christmas. We didn't have to come with the mindset to prepare to play a hard game. We were loose. And most, most morning skates, you can be out there and warm up, haven't skated for three days, show up with a, with a purpose to prepare, right? Prepare the right way. And we were loose the whole practice. And given that you're playing Calgary, a team that you could be battling with, right? It doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You're coming off a break. You're going to play to win, right? We didn't prepare well enough to win. And it showed right from the drop of the puck. So this is... This is something, if we've all been around here for a while, we've kind of seen this. A team that goes a month and a bit without winning two in a row, uh, they don't look like they believe the way they believed back in October. Are you seeing that? Uh, when you don't get the results you want, everybody's always looking for results. We're, uh, we're going to continue to pound away. We'll try to find ways to, to uh, get it going back the right way. The last month or so, there's been... Uh, from the first month, there were some results that came that were, everybody was all giddy about them, but there's some underlying things there that still had to be worked on. And uh, as we've got into this last month, some of those underlying things are starting to rear their head. So we've got to continue to find ways to overcome some of those deficiencies that we have. and turn those deficiencies into strengths and that's the process we're in right now is this a coaching thing is this a leadership thing does your leadership no it's it's not you can't put your finger on one thing you're just there's there's execution parts of it there's there's all there's a there's a lot of different parts of the game that go into it our special teams were excellent early on they haven't been as good the last month our goaltending was excellent early on it hasn't been as good uh, uh, last month uh, ability to defend the mindset to defend that we had coming out of training camp has uh, has eroded and some of that goes in conjunction with the rest of your game falls out and all of a sudden you start chasing games and I've said it a number, number of times here you start chasing games you don't look like a good team and that's exactly the way it started tonight um, when bad things are happening, it seems like your group is having a tough time overcoming or bouncing back. Maybe that wasn't so much the case earlier in the year. Are you sensing a major confidence dip in this group? Well, when you don't win, there's the, the confidence is certainly questioned, right? I mean, when you're... We won some games early in the year, though, that we didn't play very well, right? And let's, let's just be honest, whether it be our goaltender played well or Connor played well or whatever it may be, but... but uh, Lately, the last 20 games or so, if you look at the first 20 over the, instead of the, the, the last 20 over the first 20, our defending hasn't been near as, near as strong. And 
there's some games that we we've done it well. You get a, you know, you can go and play a real tight game, but other games, our execution, our uh, ability to defend, just haven't been as good as others, and that's what we have to work on—that consistency to keep ourselves in games and not chase games. You've got an All-Star break. Uh, there's a bye week coming up. How do you make sure that our schedule, our schedule is better now? Our schedule. We went through a tough part of the schedule, and we knew we were going to be up against it on practice time and everything. But our schedule gets better now. Like we've got, we'll have two good practices before the New York game. We've got a skill sing or something in between there, whatever. And then you get out. We we'll get on the road. We don't play any back-to-back. So our schedule sets up uh, better for us. Now we have to take advantage of it with the practice and the games. And and what I was alluding to is how do you make sure that coming off of these breaks you're going to have, this doesn't happen again? How do you? Well, hopefully it's a good learning experience for a young group. That's what you hope, that they recognize the situation better next time. Dave, uh, you mentioned uh, you have to become a better team at defending. Does it simply come down to attention to detail? Uh, I think it's first competitive defending. Before you get to the detail, you have to put the work in. All right, there's Dave Tippett, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, who are whipped 5-1 tonight by the Calgary Flames. One thing, well, a couple of things that stuck out for me there, Rob. You said the mindset to defend has eroded. I thought that was an interesting way to put it. And he talked a lot off the beginning of that, the, the, his comments there, that they didn't prepare the right way this morning, that he was concerned this morning at the morning skate, that they even looked too loose then. And he said, we didn't prepare well enough to win. Uh, you played. You had morning skates. You had coaches who... Would have barked at you by the way you, by your effort you put into tying your skates before the morning skate. <laughs> that only, is true. Only slightly exaggerating. No, it's so, not exaggerating at all. So there. what? Uh, what do you think he saw? Or what? Well, what uh, did you go through when you thought, oh, that was a bad morning skate? Maybe we're not ready. Usually, when a coach thinks it's loose, or, or when a morning skate is is off, is execution. Passes are off. Uh, guys mess up the drills uh shots are off um guys late getting on or 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 a little lazy in whatever drill you're doing those are what you look because obviously there's no battle drills whenever you have a morning skate so it's it's usually execution and that's when a a coach thinks you're loose because you're not when a team is playing well when they're confident the execution is great every pass is uh, stick to stick all the shots are on net hitting the net guys are in front for the rebound nobody's turning away so obviously I wasn't here for the morning skate, but obviously that's what he was missing on. And when he talked about uh, defensive play, there was a game on home ice here, and my memory isn't good enough to remember which one it was, but it was one where the, the Oilers, they defended the, the house, and, and everything was blocked, and everything was contested, and every time there was a back check, there was two guys back checking and, and forcing the, the, the puck carrier, and the defensemen were standing up, that's what he, what Coach Tippett's talking about, defending well. When the others are defending well, the other team has to work that much harder to get a good scoring chance. And tonight, and a number of the games that we've seen as of late, that wasn't the case. Uh, there was open looks for the opposition. There were guys turning away from the net, looking for the, the, the bounce to hopefully go somewhere where they get an offensive chance going the other way instead of making sure you're on the right side defensively the whole time. Stopping and starting, stopping in front of the net. There just wasn't near enough of that 
uh, tonight and a lot of the games as of late. And the, the Calgary Flames got some talent over there. And if you give those guys a little extra uh, time to, to make a play, the play is going to be a successful one. You know, the star players of the Oilers tonight were, you know, minus nine combined. If you look at Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins and, and, and Connor, the star players of the, the Calgary Flames, Giordano, plus four. Brody, plus three. Kachuk, plus three. Lindholm, plus three. Uh, you, that, your best players can't be minus like that in a hockey game and expect to win hockey games. So this was a night that the Oilers were the second best team from the first shift on. And it was the first shift of yeah. each period yeah. that the, the, the tone of the period was That's the thing. Set. It, wasn't, it wasn't, oh, you know what? For 35 minutes, it was 1-1, and then the Flames explode. This was, this was Edmonton on the ropes from, from the opening faceoff. Well, how, I mean, Riddich was, was fine in the tonight's game, but how many times did he have to come up with a big save? The, the one goal the Oilers got wasn't a great A scoring chance. It was a Connor McDavid was standing in the faceoff yeah, circle. Good tip. No, no, great tip, great eye hand coordination. But it wasn't uh, where the Calgary Flames allowed a player to be open to have a great scoring chance. I mean, the Oilers didn't create a whole lot in this hockey game when you look at the, t- the type yeah. of chances that the Calgary well, Flames that's what had. I, I, was, I was surprised that the Oilers got 29 shots because, I, and again, and this, this is something, too, we've seen creep into the Oilers game. And now, again, with McDavid and Dreisaitl, they get a little more leeway because sometimes you think, why are they doing that? And then, oh, that's why. Now a guy has a breakaway. But how many times did you think, okay, he's going to just fire it on net and said drop pass? Mm-hmm. Pass to a guy on, uh, on the perimeter at an even worse angle to shoot than the player who already had the puck. I mean, to me, that's a sign something's creep crept in where it's like, well, I, I don't think I can make this play. So we get we got to do something else. I mean, I, I just thought there were a lot of things passed up in the. I mean, we're talking mostly about defending. Mm-hmm. They made a lot of poor decisions offensively. I thought too. And I don't know if it's a lack of confidence in the play. I think sometimes you just think you're different type of player than you are, right? And you get outside. I mean, we saw tonight. I know that we we've talked about the goal that Monahan scored. That maybe Koskinen should have had that. Well. Monaghan wouldn't have scored the, or Koskinen wouldn't have let in a poor goal if someone didn't shoot it. So every night if you watch the highlights, there's goals that you would think a goalie should have scored in every game. There's always one in every game. And it's simply because the player's putting pucks on net. The Oilers don't score enough greasy goals. The McDavid goal tonight was a greasy goal. It's putting a puck on net, deflecting it, going in. The Oilers don't score enough of those. And in the National Hockey League, Majority of goals are greasy. There are rebounds. There's deflections. I watched the the Vegas Anaheim game tonight. Anaheim scored back-to-back goals on terrible shots. One hit a stick, went up and over top of the goalie's head went in. The other one, they threw it on net. It was going wide, hits a stick and bounces in. That's how you score goals in the National. There's never a bad shot. No goal. No coach will ever say, you know what? I didn't like that play where you put the puck on net. Yeah. I can tell you, every coach will tell you of plays that he saw during the game where you shouldn't have passed. And the Oilers right now are not doing the little things, not getting pucks on, not not scoring greasy goals. And this is a team that is not a great offensive team. Despite having number one and number two in the National Hockey League and scoring leaders, this is not a a good offensive hockey club. It's not a top-tier one, not in the top half of the National Hockey League. And I've played for coaches, Ken Hitchcock was one, when you weren't scoring, 
he'd tell you you're allowed to make one pass and shoot. Right. And if if everyone knows after that pass the puck's going to the net, guess what? You have three guys going to the net looking for rebounds and tips and and, and whatnot. So the Oilers uh, pass up on too many scoring chances and don't defend well enough. And guess what? That ends yeah, up that's being four, four wins in loss. 15 games. Yeah, yes. exactly. 5-1. Calgary takes it tonight. That means a $25 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from Ascendant Financial when the name of the game is Life. There is Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. $25 for every goal the Oilers score all season to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. Well, here's the guy for the Flames you love to hate, courtesy BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. It's Matthew Kachuk. You know, the rivalry was there, and it was such an anticipated game heading into the Christmas break. I think that that it was big in the sense that we all see the standings, we all see the importance of it, but it's not like we were treating this like it was, you know, a game circled in the calendar by any means. It's just we want to come here and play like we have on the road the past little bit and um, come out here with a, a greasy win, and I thought we did a good job of that. And um, I think the month of December we played a lot of, I think the first half of the season we played a lot of Eastern Conference teams, and now we're starting to get in the stretch where we're playing a lot of, you know, divisional games and teams that are right there with us in the standings in the West. And, um, I wouldn't say I mean it was a statement game. I just think it was, we wanted to come in here and play good and, and score some goals, play good defense, and come out of here with two points. But, but what's it mean to get goals at 11 seconds, 68 seconds, 57 seconds to start periods? Yeah, I mean, you always want to come out of the period, um, come out of the intermission and try to get one early. And, I mean, you know, were we expecting to get one on that uh, that shorthanded? I, I would say probably not, but it was a huge one for us to get. And, um, like I said, kind of put the dagger in them. And uh, we just played good defense from there. But it is it is nice when, you know, you score 11 seconds into the, into the game and then a minute into the first uh, second period. So, yeah, it is nice. Scott Johnson working the visitors' dressing room. That's Matthew Kachuk of the Calgary Flames, who had a seven-game winning streak. In their last five, they'd gone one, three, and one, but they get the win tonight. They're now six, five, and one in the Pacific Division. He mentioned they hadn't played the West, played the Pacific a lot. The Oilers uh, within their own division now eight, five, and one, but obviously losing to Vancouver and losing to Calgary their last two games. All right, you can get us by calling or texting 780-496-0063. We will welcome Nick to the show. Nick, thanks a lot for calling. You're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hi, guys. Um, well, this statement I'm making is based on two and a half years I'm seeing of this now. McDavid, Dreisaitl each need to drive their own lines and make them other wingers better players like superstar players do. And that's it's two and a half years this isn't happening. And these are our results. And if it doesn't happen, we're going to keep seeing the same results. And yeah. they, McDavid is a superstar generational player. He should be making players better around him like Crosby did in Pittsburgh with guys like Jake Gunsel, uh, Connor Sheary, you know, people that we never heard of before, and they are good players. Well, that's what McDavid needs to do here. He's right. a leader. He's got to lead this team. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what they do with, with the lines. Uh, the three coaches that McDavid has had kind of always wind up going back to, to he and Dreisaitl, so we'll see how Tippett handles this going forward. 5-1, the Flames take it to the Oilers. Tonight we'll get to uh, Rob, Mark, Robert, and John. 
are next in the batting order on the phones. You will hear from Connor McDavid as well. We're live in Studio 99, overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. McDavid and Drysaddle trying to clog up, but it's a two-on-one. Frolik finds Reader to the net. Backhander to save made by Miko Koskinen. And that's a stop he's got to make. And he does make it with 10.25 to go in the second. All right, that's the save of the game, courtesy Jiffy Lube, B-Wise, Winter Rise. Koskinen pulled after allowing four goals on 24 shots. Mike Smith played the final 21, or pardon me, 23 minutes and six seconds. He allowed one goal on seven shots, all Calgary tonight. They beat up on the Oilers 5-1. Oilers captain Connor McDavid, courtesy GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Um. Connor, what do you, what do you think happened tonight? Uh, they were just better right off the hop, you know, even in the first 10 seconds. So, um, just got beat. Your team didn't look ready to play, not just one guy. The first several shifts, no one seemed to be ready to play tonight. How does that happen? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no real excuse for that. Um, you know, We've always talked about coming off of breaks and, and uh, how this team has struggled uh, coming off of breaks, and tonight was no different. Given that it was against Calgary, a team that you could be right there at the end with, how did that make this loss different? Well, it's big. Um, you know, divisional games are big, um, you know, especially when they're a team that's, that's right there with you. So, you know, uh, tonight was the first one. We got lots of cracks at them uh, throughout the year, so um, you know, lots of chance to get it back. You guys haven't won two in a row in over a month now. Are you getting worried about this? Uh, no, I mean, we're still in, uh, in a decent spot, I guess. Um, you know, we, we've kind of thrown our good start away, but um, you know, we've given our, ourselves a, a chance in the second half here to chase down a playoff spot. You guys had, I don't know, certain mojo when you game earlier in the year where bad things happen. You seem to be able to bounce back. What do you think has you know, changed just in terms of the mentality of this group, your resilience that you had before? Where did that go, do you think? I think it's more of just a confidence issue. Um, you know, when things are going well, everyone's confident, feeling good. Um, when something bad happens, you bounce back right away. Um, you know what, now it just seems when something bad happens, we're just waiting for another bad thing to happen again. So um, we've got to snap out of that. Um, you know, and, and respond the first uh, couple shifts when, when something does go wrong. Is that a, is that a dynamic in here? Is it a, on the bench? Is it the way you interact as a group? Like, where does that come from? I think it's a little bit of all of it. Um, I think it's it's a lot on the bench. It's, it's staying vocal. It's staying up. Um, you know, it's keeping guys in, in the game. Happens at home compared to the road. <clears throat> you play way better on the road. Yeah, I think we just play a simpler game. You know, we, we've talked about bringing our road game home and, and haven't been able to do that. Um, you know, on the nights we have been successful in our, our home building, it's it's you know been a, a, very much like a road game. Just um, you know, just keeping it simple, not making the big mistake, um, all that type of stuff. All right, as Connor McDavid had the Oilers' only goal tonight. Darnell Nurse had the assist as the Oilers fall 5-1 to the Flames. Halfway point of the season for Edmonton. They are 20-17-4. So that's 88 points, but it's hard to say that's an 88-point pace when you've only won four of your last 15 games. But if you multiply everything by two, it's 88 points, which probably will not uh, be in the postseason, obviously. 780-496-0063. We will welcome Rob to the show. Rob, go ahead. How are you doing tonight? Good. 
Garrett, I'm, I'm a Flames fan, and I was just watching that game. But, you know, you, you guys got a world-class first line and then just a bunch of pluggers. That's the way I, I see it. You know, you don't you hold your breath, wait till McDavid and Dreisaitl will go off, and then and then it's just you don't have much more. You know what I'm saying, Reed? Reed? That's going to bury you guys, I think. You know, oh, sure. yeah, yeah. Thanks, Rob. Thanks. That's good. Yeah, I appreciate mean, it. You're, you're, uh, you're not far we, off. We'd noticed. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, 780-496-0063. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, you can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village AAA Steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your census at Japanese Village. <laughs> little, little speechless at Rob's call. It's good. I just watching. I guess, while he we're sitting. I guess he hasn't watched the Oilers for yeah. quite a while. Well, they well they haven't played this year, Calgary. They played this year, so that's, now that's he knows a, what. That's uh, a good point. What they've been watching. We just watched the L.A. Kings win in overtime against the San Jose Sharks. San Jose continues to struggle. That one's on home ice. They're up two nothing. Give up two in the third and one in overtime, and the L.A. Kings actually playing not bad hockey right now. So it shows you again anybody can beat anybody in the National Hockey League if you don't bring your A game. Three stars tonight, Mangiapane, Lindholm, and Giordano. The fourth star is for White Eagle Homes, built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. Are we going to find an oiler to pick tonight somehow? Let Alex us, Chason, plus one? I was going to go with Joachim <laughs> uh, oh, Nygaard. Nygaard was plus one. You know what? It was a tough night for the Edmonton Oilers uh, up front. You know what? We're going to go to my favorite. We're going to go to Patrick Russell. Patrick Russell. Patrick Russell's <laughs> four-star of the game. All right. We'll check the out-of-town scoreboard when we get back. Time for more of your calls. You'll hear from Ryan Nugent-Hopkins and the interim coach of the Calgary Flames, Jeff Ward, all coming up after the news and weather. Overtime open line. Live in Studio 99, courtesy Heartland Ford. is the City 4 Face-Off Show. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Well, the Flames scored 11 seconds into the game, and it didn't get any better for the Edmonton Oilers. 5-1, Calgary takes it tonight. Backlund, Kachuk, Monaghan, Lindholm, Mangiapane, the goal scorers. Mangiapane with three points. McDavid, the only goal for Edmonton. Nurse had an assist. It is uh, ugly here for Edmonton. Just four wins in their last 15 games. Uh, 780-496-0063 is the number to call and text. Devin texting in. He says, uh, Reed, can you ask Rob why Chason got the only penalty in that scrum in the second period? Uh, good, good question. Um, when you watch the replay, I think it was Anderson was the one that threw the first punch. It wasn't uh, it, it didn't connect as well as Chason's did. A lot of the times what the referees will do is they'll yell once or twice, that's it. And they've given everyone their, their little time to be emotional. And then after they yell at you or tell you or blow their whistle, anything that happens afterwards, that's the player that they're going to pull out. Uh, you can see Chason was quite uh, upset with the call. I thought he was going to get another one. Well, see, and see here, there's one of those things, too. They could have evened it up, but then they didn't, and then Chason should have got one the second time. He went and grabbed the guy by the shirt and threw him to the ground. And again, at Calgary Flames, you saw Giordano immediately go over to the ref and say, okay, seriously, he doesn't get a freebie. 
just because he's got a penalty. So uh, easily could have been an even up call to start with. Uh, and then they kind of evened it up afterwards by not giving Chase on the extra two. All right, here's what's happening in the NHL tonight. It is 5-2 Chicago beating the Islanders as we go to the Edmonton Trailer scoreboard. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Ducks beat the Golden Knights 4-3. Kings over the Sharks 3-2 in overtime. Bruins shut out the Sabres 3-0. Toronto drops New Jersey 5-4 in overtime. Rangers, who are here on New Year's Eve, beat the Hurricanes 5-3. Capitals beat Columbus 2-1 in overtime. Wild outscore Colorado 6-4. Minnesota's doing better. Penguins knock off the Predators 5-2. And the Jets are uh, the Jets lose in overtime to the Blues 5-4. The Blues are 25-8-6. Oil Kings won 2-1 in Red Deer. They host the Rebels 7 o'clock tomorrow at Rogers Place. Chuba Hubbard from Sherwood Park. 158 yards rushing today, but his Oklahoma State Cowboys lose the Texas Bowl to Texas A&M 24-21. We will go to Brian on the open line, who's also going to finish the play tonight. But, Brian, first you can give us your thought or your question. Hey, guys. Uh, good show as always. Uh, I was just going to make a point and then have a question. Uh, the point I was going to make was, and it, it kind of goes with uh, what David's uh, statement was after the game there. Uh, about the confidence thing. You know, beginning of the year, this team was, well, on fire. Uh, and it was McDavid and Drysaddle that were, were, you know, the main contributors. Everything looks great when those two guys are scoring because you don't notice this much. But when things start turning south, where they, where they start missing passes and, and you, you, this is, you can see this happen like 10 15 games ago passes are behind the guy uh too maybe too far ahead of a guy and then they hit posts and crossbars and they're not scoring then the problems start to magnify the confidence starts going down um i think this team definitely does have a confidence problem right now and i think i think it's very obvious um, and, and, and I mean, the secondary scoring is still a huge issue with this team. My question is, it, it actually comes back to uh, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He looks out of sorts to me. Is, is he injured? Because he does not look like Ryan Nugent Hopkins this year. Your well, he, he, well, he had that hand issue, so I wonder if... I mean, he's well enough to play. You, you wonder if maybe that's still bugging him a little bit. I'm sure it is. Uh, you know, when he missed a, uh, you know, a good chunk of time out with the hand injury, uh, I think that is affecting him, and it may affect him the rest of the season. Um, there is a confidence thing. I think when, you, when everything was going, the problem is when everything was going right for the Oilers at the beginning of the season, I think their goaltending masked some mistakes. They got every good bounce, whether it be referee calls, bounces off the post. I mean, their record was 7-1-1. One, one. They were not a 7-1-1 one, one team to start the season. No, but the goaltender's on your team. No, I mean, if he is, steals a game, but, he steals a game. But that's not going to be something that's going to be sustainable. And when your goalies are at 925 uh, and higher save percentage, it's not. So they, they weren't playing as well as their record indicated. And I think people got a little too excited about where this team could go this year, what this team could accomplish this year. I, I think where they are in the standings right now, 
is where you and I talked about we thought they would well, be. Well, oddly enough, I predicted that they would get 88 points. Oh, oh, no, I'm rarely right, but <laughs> and I said, they're halfway there at the halfway point. And I thought this would be a team that would compete for a playoff spot, and goaltending would dictate whether or not they'd be good enough to make the playoffs. So, and most of the people that are um, around the National Hockey League, the, the insiders, most of them had the Oilers on the outside looking in. Uh, although a lot of them talked about the fact that they should play games that mean something in March and April. So they are all, uh, at that exact same spot because there, there are warts on this team. Yeah. And unfortunately right now the warts are, are not being covered up by, by the power play anymore. It's not being covered up by, as Dave Tippett said at the beginning of the season, our goaltending or Connor McDavid right. won us hockey games. And teams are smarter now. They're not giving the others the power plays. They're five guys back whenever Connor's on the ice and the one caller that talked about the fact that when Connor and Leon are on the ice, the team holds its breath and then when they leave they excel. Well, that's so true. Well, that's how I feel watching when oh. those guys come in. Oh, so they might score. Yeah. I, I, the rest absolutely. of the guys I'm like, just don't get scored on. Don't I, give the puck away. I, I agree. Because even, and I've said this before, even when the third and fourth lines forecheck, it's rarely a good shot on goal. No, you're right. They're, you're killing a shift, which is, which isn't bad. No, nope. but you'd, you'd like you'd like the occasional goal. All right, we got a good finish the play for Brian tonight. Brian, you already have up to eight days parking at Jetset Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at JetsetParking.com. Self park as low as five ninety eight per day with the promo code Chad. Rebound, McDavid hustling out of the corner, high slot, dishes, one-timer, dry sidle, and that glanced off the outside of the net. All right, Brian, you're going to, you're, well, you're either going to love me or hate me. I don't, I don't know uh, how, or, Brian, do you consider yourself a sports fan or mainly a hockey fan? Sports. And would you say you're, uh, you like Edmonton-centric stories? Yeah, I would say so. I'm, a, I'm definitely a homeboy. Okay, so what? Canadian Edmonton native soccer star was Leon Dreisaitl visiting with this morning. Was it Alfonso Davies or Pele? <laughs> Are you serious? I want you to win. Alfonso. Now, did you know you, you so you knew about it? I, you would have known that if I hadn't made it ridiculously easy. No, I knew. I knew. Well, he would. I, I didn't know that he actually met with him, but I saw him at the game. Uh, they they honored they uh, they they brought him on before the game. Yeah. And uh, so that, that kind of I just put two and two together. Pretty incredible player. Stay on the line, okay? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Brian's name is going into the Grand Pele is not Canadian, by the way, Rob. He's <laughs> really? He's Brazilian. Really? He's One of the greatest Edmonton. soccer players yeah, ever. Just, just a little bit of trivia. <laughs> Pele, not from Edmonton. If, <laughs> true. So I'm going to write that down on my yeah, phone maybe, so I remember maybe, that. Maybe tweet that. FYI. <laughs> Pele, not from Edmonton, nor Canadian. Uh, Brian's name is going into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at 1000 bucks. safe adrenaline pumping fund. FastTrackCardingEdmonton.com. I guess I could have given. Alex Bunbury, he was a good Canadian soccer player. Jason Voss, wasn't he a good Canadian soccer player? Uh, you Craig, got me there. Craig Forrest. I got to be honest, I, I, do, I remember him. I don't, rem I don't know the Canadian men's soccer players as well as I know the Canadian women who have had uh, much more success, especially as of late. All right, 780-496-0063. Is it Robert who's next up, Kellen? It is Robert. Let's bring Robert onto the show. 5-1, Calgary wins it tonight. Go ahead, Robert. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Quite well. 
Uh, well, I have uh, uh, I have a couple thoughts that I want to make. Uh, the uh, the first one being that, like, I think it's like you're talking nerds like Bob had mentioned after the game. You know, maybe 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 you bring up a Yamamoto, but at the same time, I don't know. I don't know the, that just half a season in the minors is enough for him to come up and and play because you know obviously a, a Yamamoto he's not gonna he's he's not gonna come up here and then the Oilers are, are just just are just suddenly gonna you know uh, take off again. We all know that. I think and I think and as far as this uh, the, the that other caller earlier that mentioned you know Drysaitel and McDavid need to drive their own drive their own lines and they. In a perfect world, yes, but I think right now, until Cal Holland has the, I guess you could say the uh, the uh, cap space to go out and find guys that can play with Connor and Leon that can sync the game at at the same speed as they do. I think right now the Oilers are they they're kind of uh, uh, stuck with what they got. Yeah, I, I, I think you're probably right, Robert. I don't know if there's going to be a uh, roster-transforming move or two this, this season. It might be tough, but, but we'll see. 780-496-0063 to call and text. We're going to go down to the Calgary Flames dressing room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Their interim head coach is Jeff Ward. Jeff, lots hyped up before the game about the Battle of Alberta. Just what does it mean to get the goal 11 seconds in? Well, it sure helps. You know, anytime you can score as quickly in periods as we did, um, you know, it's helpful. You get to play out in front as opposed from behind, and I thought that was a big thing for us tonight. Maybe the play by Foley on the back one shorthanded the patience to, to see him up the middle there. Yeah, he's you know he's a good player and he's uh, he's been out of our lineup. You know, uh, he had a good streak going uh, before he got back out and tonight he came back in and had an impact on the hockey game. So, you know, we talk about the importance of internal competition and we've got some good depth in our lineup right now and um, you know I think that's a, just a, an indication of guys. Uh, you know, playing for the team, but also uh, playing hard. Easy to say when he's got three points, but was that maybe one of the best games Andrew Majapani's had as a pro? For sure. I thought, he, you know, he had a, a big impact on the game tonight. Uh, you can see his confidence is growing on a daily basis. And it sure helps when you're playing with uh, two players like uh, Matthew and, and uh, Elias. They're, they're real solid. Um, and so Manji can just play his strengths. And uh, I think now they're starting to find some good chemistry. Uh, the points weren't coming early, but lately they have been. On that same note, I know he talked about early in the season about playing center, and he wanted to do it for an extended stretch. I believe it's 10 or 11 games now for Elias down the middle. What have you seen from him, and is that comfort level maybe starting to show a little bit more? Yeah, I think the comfort level is starting to show. Um, you know, he's such a smart player. Uh, he's a, you know, he plays all three zones real well. Uh, he reminds me of Patrice Bergeron an awful lot, to be honest with you. Uh, just the way he thinks, and you know, he his game's pretty complete, um, and he's able to do a lot of things uh, offensively and defensively for us. All right, that is uh, Jeff Ward of the Calgary Flames got uh, thrown into the role of interim head coach after Bill Peters, well, I guess he officially resigned, but I don't think he was hang hanging on to that job after everything that came out. 5-1 Calgary pounding the Oilers tonight. If uh, you're an Oilers fan and didn't watch the game, you didn't miss much. They fell behind 11 seconds in. They were down 2-1 after two, got scored on early in the second, down 4-1 after two, and got scored on shorthanded 
51 seconds into the third to round out the scoring. Uh, text from Brian, 780-496-0063. Along those lines, he says, Rob seems to be inexcusable that a player or players couldn't be prepared to start a game or period. Who has to correct that? The players. The players have to correct that. I mean, coaches will say and tell you what to do. The players are the ones that have to go and ex execute it on the ice. You're right. This was a game where the Calgary Flames were better prepared at the beginning of the game and the beginning of each period. And anybody that's been involved in the game of hockey at minor hockey level or pro level will tell you that the first minute or the last minute of any period is the most important. It, it sets the tone A for the period or sets the tone for the intermission, how you're going to feel between periods. So the Calgary Flames were honestly better in every aspect of the game tonight than the Edmonton Oilers, and one of those aspects was preparation at the beginning of hockey games. Well, and we talk about the first goal in general, regardless of yep. when it's scored. When the Oilers have scored first, they're 16-4-1. When they have allowed the first goal, they're now 4-13-3. Now, obviously at home, they've been falling behind two, sometimes three nothing. So that doesn't help. Calgary's 10-3-3 when scoring first. Uh, they have a better record when not scoring first at 10-12-2. At but I mean, hockey's a funny game. There might be five or six goals in a game, but it's often that, that first one that, that sets the entire tone. Well, especially I, at home. The Oilers have been behind, behind, behind. And being behind by one is bad, but what's happened to the Oilers is the teams have been extending the lead. The yep. Oilers are falling behind by multiple goals, and, and we talk about it all the time. When the Oilers get behind by two or more, you must play perfect hockey the rest of the way. You can't have a bounce go wrong. You can have a bad call by the referee. You can't have a bad goal let in by the goaltender because you have to play perfect hockey, and the Oilers have been far from perfect right. over the last couple of months. And, and, then, and then, as we've referenced and as we've talked about a lot, and then it really sets in in the opposition, okay, just don't let McDavid yep. try settle back into the game. Get get the team back into the game. You know what? If one of the other lines gets a cheap one on us, they're not going to get more than one. Well, so we just have to stop McDavid dry settle from getting, so, getting two. So they got that mindset, and they also have the ability to, to stick, stick to a game plan. The Calgary Flames, every player on their team played 13 minutes. Well, a second or two under, but they all four lines played exactly what they wanted them to do. And they could they could roll four lines. They could stay in the game plan. They didn't have to push some players more than others. And the one thing you saw tonight, too, is the Calgary Flames put whoever against Connor McDavid's line, but they just had a game plan when they're out there. Don't turn the puck over. Don't force things through the middle. In your own zone, come back to the house. There's a couple shifts where Connor went all the way around the outside a couple times, but the Calgary Flames said, okay, we're, we're going to give you the perimeter. And if you beat us from out there, well, so be it. That's on the goaltender. But the Calgary Flames came in with a, goal, a game plan because as most teams are seeing right now, if you don't take penalties... And if you play five on five, you, the only way you, you're going to get beat is if McDavid's line beats you. The other three lines aren't going to. And if you don't take penalties, well, now you don't have to worry about the power play. And it's, that's the recipe that teams have been coming into play with when they play the Oilers here at Rogers. And it's been successful for the last little while. 780-496-0063. We will welcome John to the show. John, thanks a lot for calling. Hope you had a good Christmas. I sure did. Thanks. Uh, hi, oh, Reed. Hi, John. Rob. Yeah. Do you have any riddles tonight? Do you always have riddles on Inside Sports? No, I don't. But uh, Pele, man, is he still alive? Where'd you get that one, Reed? Pele. Oh, yeah, yeah I think Yeah, I think so. Actually, I think, Pele, I think Pele's still alive. Actually, I don't know. I'm going to go with yes just to be positive. Pretty, pretty sure he is. Okay. Well, listen, 
I think the Oilers have to simplify. And it was just similar to what Rob, Rob was just saying. They got to stop defensive behind the back passes. They got to stop the deflected passes. And they got to win the race to the pucks. And when the pucks along the boards, they got to fight for the possession of the puck. And when you give up the puck, you back check like crazy. And I think that's a basic problem. And the other thing that I've noticed is that the other teams have figured out how to stop our power play. And they put one guy very close to the point when the puck goes back to Oscar Clefbaum. They have another guy along the boards between Connor and Clefbaum. And so they stop the play, and actually that almost lets them uh, get a, a breakaway on the deal. So the other teams are smartening up, and they know the pattern we're in. And I think we're kind of too too predictable on some of those things. So that would be my two suggestions. And then I would consider bringing Evan Bouchard up because he's an elite-level passer. He's got a good shot. I think he would help give them a, a shot on the power play. I, I don't think Yamamoto is going to make a difference, but I would consider doing that. And, no, and well, you know, defensively, I don't think he'd be any worse than the way the guys are playing right now. Thanks, Sean. Well, we're at the point of the season where I'm not sure there are any <laughs> bad suggestions when you got four wins in 15 games. I, yeah, I don't think I don't think Bouchard's do going to come up. I don't think the power play's in a little bit of a, a swoon right now. But that's any anything that has success. Everyone now is trying to figure out how to stop them from being successful. So if once they figure that out, well, then the power play has to change a little bit. I thought the power play had a couple of good chances. That tonight on the short end of goal is just a misread by Oscar Kleffbaum. He just didn't, uh, he shouldn't have forced the player to make the pass because that turned into the breakaway. Uh, Bouchard, I don't believe will be coming up. I, I think their power play is fine. I think they want him down on the minors for the year. Other than that, I think anything else is up for uh, for contemplation by the, the management and the coaching because the Oilers are in a bit of a free fall right now and they do not want this to fall any further. The Oilers, they have an easy schedule um, when it comes date-wise or time-wise, yes. but they do not have an easy schedule when it comes team-wise. There's some pretty good teams coming here over the next uh, three weeks. The Oilers have got some, some tough games ahead of them and when you only have so many games to add points in the standings, and those games are against teams that are the elite type of teams. The others have got a tough stretch. All right, Steve texting 780-496-0063 says, Hey, guys, I'm sick and tired of having to be patient as an Oilers fan, but for this season, I don't see any other solution. We pretty much have to leave those guys in the minors and hope Holland doesn't chase overpriced free agents in the summer. That's a text coming in from Steve. 780-496-0063. We have Phil on the line. Phil, go ahead. Hey, guys. The first 20 games of the season, we were really successful. We had Dreisaitl and McDavid carrying the offensive weight. We had our, uh, our defense. We had basically eight or nine guys competing for six positions. There was hunger there. That changed when Larson came back. There's a change that maybe should be looked at. Has our defense become complacent, okay? The first 20 games of the season, we had no support scoring from the bottom six, shall we say. And then when we did start getting some, some chemistry in our, shall we say, fourth line between Shane, um, Archibald, and either uh, Nygaard or JJ there, um, as soon as one of those players got three goals, 
boom, we tear that apart and put that player who scored three goals in the past four games up on the second line. You know what? They worked to con- con- build themselves com- some chemistry amongst themselves. Leave them alone. You got your top line scoring. You got your bottom line scoring. Worry about your middle six. Phil, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask you a question. I think I think you make a good point about, about the forwards. On defense, though, I mean, basically Larson and Benning haven't been healthy at the same time. So wouldn't there be the same type of competi- competition with Benning hurt as there was with Larson hurt? Well, when we had, when the, during the first 20, 20 games of the season, we had uh, some young fellows come up. We had Pearson. We had, we had a, a, a bit of a, a hunger for, like, like I say, nine guys competing for six spots, and everybody was hunger, hungry for those positions. Once Larson came back, we've had the same six defense playing all the time, and there. And what I'm seeing is that that desire is is no longer there. Everybody knows who they're playing with, which is a good thing if you know who you're playing with, right? But. I'm, I use the word complacency and, and, you know, okay, so we show up and we play our game and, and, and we don't really compete. Yeah, but the problem, if Pearson, if you had Pearson up here right now, it would just be Pearson or Jones, one of them being in and out. The other five defensemen would be in the lineup. So the only player, that, it would be one player, Jones, so it wouldn't be affecting the other five. But it wasn't, it wasn't that way when Larson was hurt. And I'm not saying that Larson is the problem here by any stretch of the imagination. Larson is a very good defenseman. But when, but when Larson came back, that compete amongst the, the nine, there was no, there was no sixth, seventh player anymore. But there was and never it, nine defensemen. Because Man, like Manning's a professional healthy scratch He's at, this, never gonna at, at, at this point. I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, 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 don't, I think you make a good point about the forwards. I, I don't think I see it that way with the, with the defense. And I think Pearson, just they ultimately thought he wasn't. But it, was, to play but it was either Pearson or Jones. It, there was the other five defensemen weren't yeah. moving out of the lineup, and it, it, no matter who was hurt, there, there was only there was always five guys right. that were going to be in it. So there was always one spot that people were competing with. That yeah. was it. So the other five were always stable. Yeah, and I would hope Baron Jones are still hungry to, to prove I would, themselves. I, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. No, but uh, I don't know. I just think there's there's too many. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer mental mistakes I don't know if it's I mean now you should be motivated by barely having won a game in the last five weeks that that should be pretty big I think that would be motivation as well 780-496-0063 we got a break for the uh, news and weather we will continue after 11 you're going to hear from the Nuge the Oilers are pounded 5-1 by the Flames overtime open line Kersey Hartland Ford Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, the Oilers reach the halfway point of their season. They're 20-17-4. They are pounded tonight, 5-1 by the Calgary Flames. Back down to the Oilers dressing room, and here's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. 
happened on the first shift there? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't really know exactly what happened with the puck, but it just came off my stick and uh, they capitalized immediately. So, I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the way we wanted to start. It wasn't the way I wanted to start. I mean, um, I mean, tough kind of tough break. I go back for the puck and it comes off me and they, uh, like I said, I mean, they... They put it in right away, and that's a tough way to start a game, especially after after a break. So um, I thought at the end of the uh, at the end of the first there we started to have our pushback, and unfortunately uh, they got a couple uh, um, early ones in the next couple periods too. This team earlier this year had a resilience to it, Ryan. You guys seem to be able to bounce back when bad things happened, and that seems to have, have really disappeared. What do you sense confidence-wise in this group? Where did that go? Uh, I don't know if it's if it's gone. I think uh, um, over the past little stretch, we've we've had that bounce back, and then uh, all of a sudden the the other team gets gets one after we have that bounce back. So I mean, it can deflate you a little bit, but um, I mean, we gotta. This game, I mean, just got away from us. Uh, I mean, it, it started with me right away. So um, we got to put it behind us. We can uh, learn from our mistakes from this one. But I mean, just not uh, not good enough. Now. This team hasn't won two in a row since mid-November. This is a stretch that we've seen before seasons past. Why is it different this year? Why do you think you can overcome this this time? Um, I mean, the way that we played at the start of the year shows what kind of team we are. Um, the way that we've, I mean, this past stretch, I mean, we, we've gone behind a lot and we, we fought back. And like I said, I mean, uh, other teams that are, are uh, capitalizing on little mistakes. And I mean, we got to try and limit those. And um, I don't know if that's just, uh, um, we got to bear down more on our sticks or whether it's more mental but I mean we got to find a way out of this and um, I mean it's going to start in this room and we've got a couple uh, we got three three days between games here so I mean got to put together some good practices and uh, uh, work on some things but uh, I think uh, once we started simplifying it tonight things started to go our way but I mean they just capitalized on uh, a few little uh, mis uh, mis miscommunications uh, little mistakes. All right, that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Oilers lose 5-1 to the Flames. Next game is Tuesday. That's New Year's Eve against the Rangers and our adjustment of the game for the Oilers by the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts to see a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Will simply be everything. They need to adjust virtually everything and do it better. That game broadcast, 5 o'clock face-off show. It'll start at 7 here on 6.30. Chad, thanks to Brendan Escott and Scott Johnson for getting us the post-game tape tonight. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, and Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. You can get more on 6.30chad.com globalnews.ca we've been live in studio 99 oilers hockey presented by world of spas on behalf of rob brown i'm reed wilkins you've been listening to overtime open line courtesy heartland ford all calgary tonight they win at 5-1 have a great weekend Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.